Guardian Unlimited. Well, at the Nürburgring, we shouldn't be surprised if it rains, and it did during the European Grand Prix, massively so in the opening laps, to give us a very dramatic race to start with, and then it came back towards the end to make it even more exciting and give us a superb finish. It was Fernando Alonso who came out on top, winning for McLaren, beating the Ferrari of Felipe Massa in the last few laps. Meanwhile, the other championship contenders, Lewis Hamilton, was out of the points for the first time this season, finishing ninth. And Kimi Raikkonen, having been third at one point, retired with hydraulics problems. Hello, this is Morris Hamilton from BBC Radio 5 Live on The Observer, welcoming you to the Formula One show, Guardian Unlimited. Uh, here we are at the Nürburgring, the European Grand Prix, and as ever, I've got Ian Phillips, the Business Affairs Manager of Spiker, with me. Now, Ian, for once, we've actually got a chance to lead off the Spiker because, correct me if I'm wrong, one of your cars led this Grand Prix for a few laps, Marcus Winkelhock on his debut. Tell us all about it. Yes, yeah, it's been quite amazing. The first time uh, since, I think, 1907 that a Spiker has led a Grand Prix. They led the Paris to Peking race in sometime last century. Um, we had a, a weather forecast um, saying that the rain would come two minutes after the start. They were on the parade lap. We felt uh, drops of rain. And Mike Gascoigne made the call that we should start one of the car, pull one of the cars straight into the pits, put them on wet tyres. We were starting at, at the back, it was a gamble. Do one and one, leave Sutil on the dry and put Marcus on the wet tyres. I might have done it the other way around because Marcus had never driven a Formula One car in the wet before. <laughs> anyway, Marcus came in, we put the uh, soft uh, wet, or the, what they call the shallow wet tyres uh, on, the, on the car out he went and after one and a half laps he was leading his first ever Grand Prix because at this point the rain had come as predicted and everybody else was on a dry weather groove tires right that's right yeah it started coming but it wasn't too heavy it was just enough to think all right this was a good call but so good was the call actually that after two laps we called him in again to put the heavyweight tyres on and he went out and he still had a 30 second lead which he was increasing by about five seconds a lap. Um, it was quite an extraordinary performance. I say, not only was it his first Grand Prix and the pressure of making his debut at his home race but he had never driven a Formula One car in the wet before and he was finding his way round while leading a Grand Prix. So it was a truly extraordinary performance by him and I have to say we loved the moment and you know those are people that will remember us as, as Jordan will know that we'll milk every moment of it. <laughs> well that it reminded me actually I was saying on area and that this is a typical the Jordan legacy lives on although you're now a spiker that was typical of the sort of thing that Jordan used to do in the past you're on the back of the grid you've got nothing to lose if there's a gamble going why not take it? Yeah I, I've always been very proud of the fact that when, it, when we've won races it's all it's not been about how much money we've got or other people whether we've got a million or 500 million is not about money it's about human beings recognizing that a decision has to be taken and taking one it's the quality of the human beings that you've got that bring you those kind of results and i'm really proud to say that the tradition continues even though we're spiking now but the quality of people that we have always had is maintained and it will see us through in times to come meanwhile your other spiker adrian Sutil, is on the dry weather tires and the rain has come with a vengeance tell us what happened to him yeah, he 
I mean, somehow got around. Uh, we left him, I actually left him out for two laps, I think he did, and he managed to uh, get around. He came in, we put him onto the extreme wets. Uh, he went out and did one lap, he was okay, but when he got to the first corner, he and five or six others, I think there was actually just a river going across the track. It was not possible to get round that corner. Um, and he was just a passenger. And, you know, it threw him into the uh, tyres pretty hard. It wasn't that he was going quick. It was just he had no control uh, whatsoever. But he was in some company there. Jensen Button was there. Lewis Hamilton was there, but he didn't hit anything. He kept his engine running, got somebody to hitch him up to a crane, lift him six foot in the air and put him back on the track. Now, I'm not sure whether you're allowed to do that or not, but anyway, it was that was quite a good moment. And then Liuzzi arrived and Speed arrived and Rosberg arrived and it was, it was chaos, to be honest, and it was mighty dangerous. Uh, there were people... Drivers trying to get out of cars weren't sure whether they could or not because there was another car sliding towards them. There was rescue workers trying to move cars. One car actually did hit a crane that had gone to somebody's rescue and it, it was just too dangerous. And although we, we've been told that races will never be stopped or suspended ever again, I think they were faced with no other option but to put the red flag out. And our 50-second lead sadly came to nothing. <laughs> So uh, just to recap on what Ian was saying there, yes, it was that first corner where it became like a scrapyard with cars just spinning off. They had absolutely no grip. It was a river of, uh, of water. And the leaders, even uh, Alonso, who eventually went on to win this race, said he nearly lost it there, as did Felipe Massa, somehow got it back under control and was OK. But it was uh, the, the right decision to make because they could not have gone racing under those circumstances. Now, Ian, you mentioned uh, Lewis Hamilton there and uh, him sliding off into the uh, into into the gravel trap at the first corner. In fact, he'd had quite a dramatic race even up to that point because uh, well, let's let's just go back to qualifying when, of course, uh, there was a problem with the uh, wheel hammer on the uh, right front wheel of his McLaren. He came in for the final set of tyres, the, the nut wasn't torqued up properly, and uh, the wheel eventually came loose on his quick lap, sent him into the tyre barrier. He actually emerged so he says and bruised but okay uh, and was declared fit to drive in today's race which of course he was going to start from 10th in the grid because he didn't get a decent lap time in so uh, were you surprised to see him actually come out of that accident because it was, he went in nose first at quite some speed didn't he yeah no I think you know it, it's his first big shunt in a in a Formula 1 car and he's certainly been certainly would have been winded um, and probably a little bit of shock a bit of bruising uh, as well, it didn't surprise me that he was uh, he was able to start. What did surprise me was, he, was that he was allowed to start in tenth position and not at the back of the grid, or actually we we believe from the pit lane because uh, he started with a new chassis, the same engine and gearbox that he had yesterday, but all the rest of the car was new. And our interpretation of the rules is that you start from the pit lane in those kind of uh, those kind of circumstances. But I'm sure uh, nobody could actually. When we were questioning people on the grid, uh, nobody seemed to have a definition of what constitutes a car. <laughs> well, that's interesting you say that because this morning I was trying to clarify that point before we went on air. And I asked some McLaren people and they said, don't know, mate. 
uh, I'm just fixing the car. I really don't know what, what we're going to do with it at the end of it. But uh, Dave Ryan, the team manager, said, no, we can start in 10th place on the grid, even though we're sw switching to the spare car, the engine's coming with it. And apparently that was all right. So we didn't question it. So Lewis Hamilton determined to make the most of that, starting from 10th uh, in the dry, don't forget, first couple of laps, made a fantastic start, got up to fourth going through the first corner, and then was touched from behind by somebody, and it punctured the left rear tyre, which is why he came in to make a pit stop. And then, of course, it all went wrong from there, because as you say, he then was one of the victims at the first corner, spun off. But remarkably, how did he keep the engine running? That's what surprised me, because then, as you say, they picked him up by a crane, dropped him onto the track, and away he went. Uh, but from then on, really, he was on the back foot because he was out of pit stop sequence. He had to stop. He was making grind and then would have to make pit stops for fuel. And it kept dropping him back. But he worked his way up. He was challenging Kovalainen very, very hard for eighth place and one point towards the end. Never gave up. But first time that he hasn't scored any points, first time he hasn't been on the podium. Part of the growing up experience, I think. Yeah, it's, been, it's certainly been a, a very eventful weekend for him. And I'm sure at, at the end of the day, you'll probably think, well, it's all, all good experience. I thought he drove very well in the race. He was the fastest man on the track most of the time, certainly certainly in, in the drive, but he had so much to make up. I mean, it was extraordinary things were happening to him. It, you know, as you as you say, he was sitting in the gravel trap. He kept the engine running. I and mean, that actually shows great presence of mind because normally you don't. There's something about that engine and Ferrari were able to do it as well. At the start of the final qualifying, uh, in the last three or four races, they sit at the end of the pit lane with the engine running for three and a half minutes. Well, normally they boil themselves to bits doing that. And, and I was amazed when this crane put him back on the track and he got, still got the engine running. He must have been off for a minute and a half at, at least. But, you know, fair play, McLaren have got it right and, and they can do that with the engine. But he was then moved to the back of the grid on the after the, the red flag they moved him to the back of the grid then they made him overtake everybody under behind the safety car to unlap himself some crazy rule he was already at the back of the yeah. grid and they I, I, for some reason I don't understand they allowed him to unlap himself and go go to the back when he was already there um, but in unlapping himself he then just saw what the track condition was like came in and made a pit stop I mean McLaren have been bloody sharp this weekend I, I have to say every potential well loophole some would contest that they were loopholes they took advantage of um, and he very nearly rewarded them with a point he had the two Renaults to get past going at the start of the last lap and he got past Fisichella just after the first corner and he chased down Kovalainen but didn't quite get it but it would have been remarkable if he'd have got eighth place and um, a one point but wasn't it great he never stopped trying the, the guy the guy is just wonderful to watch Okay, and so we've got this uh, pause uh, while the race is uh, stopped and uh, the track starts to dry out. Your man, Mr. Winklehock, sitting at the front proudly in the spiker, and we, of course, I think we all knew what was going to happen. He was going to get overwhelmed by the quick boys who were probably three to four seconds a lap potentially quicker behind him. Sure enough, that's what happened. But 
emerging then in the lead uh, at the restart then was um, was Felipe Massa in the Ferrari followed by Fernando Alonso in the McLaren with Kimi Raikkonen in the other Ferrari third and of course Lewis Hamilton as Ian has already pointed out battling his way through the back of the field and was never really going to be in contention for the big points anyway so it was down to the two Ferraris and the McLaren and I have to say Ian it looked as if that was the way it was going to remain until two things happened one was that uh, Kimi Raikkonen does his luck at this circuit ever change twice when he was with McLaren he lost the lead because of mechanical problems. Here he's not running third, valuable championship points, hydraulics failure. Very rare to see that in a Ferrari, and he's out. Yes, it, it was. It, I think it was bad luck. Uh, he looked pretty strong to me all, all this weekend, but as you say, it's kind of a jinx on, on him here. But he's, even though he's not winning the races, he's, uh, I think he's actually looking the strongest man right now in the Ferrari. And if the Ferrari holds together... I would be nipping down to the bookies tomorrow. Uh, the championship race is well and truly not over. Um, and I'm uh, starting to think that Ferrari's strong. Raikkonen looked to me to be really good this weekend. He was quick most of the time. Um, and at a circuit where you can be incredibly untidy, it's a funny sort of circuit, uh, difficult to put really clean laps together. I thought he was consistently the cleanest driver around and I thought he was just sitting there he was in third place but he was kind of in touch he certainly wasn't out of it and um, yeah and then sadly he's he's slow with a hydraulics problem which is probably the same one that uh, the Winklehot had actually because we we had exactly the same uh, on the Ferrari system so um, yeah tough on on Kimi really but I think he's got a lot to look forward to in the second half of the year. Well, that's interesting to hear you say that because, of course, the other Ferrari of, uh, as I say, Masso was in the lead and looking comfortable with it. And Alonso was just saying there after the race that actually when the conditions were dry, he really couldn't do a lot about the Ferrari. The Ferrari had the legs of the McLaren. But then the second thing happened. The rain returned with about a dozen or so laps to go. And it looked like they might be able to tiptoe around on the dry weather tyres. But no, it was just wasn't as bad as the initial squall of rain, but it was damp enough to call for uh, the intermediate uh, or the shallow wet tyre okay so they came in changed to those and then it was battle on because then Alonso sniffed a victory and chased uh, Massa down and took him in the most fantastic move around the outside of turn five and uh, Massa was not too happy about it they banged wheels twice a lot of damage actually on the side of the McLaren but Alonso who was a bit miffed afterwards but then said oh I'm not worried at all but he's quite happy very happy with this victory because of course he's got the ten points uh, he could have just been satisfied with eight and finished second in couldn't he? Yeah. But no, no, he went for it. Yeah, he did. I, I, he was actually closing in the dry. He got the gap down for about eight seconds at one stage. It was down to 4.4 4, um, when, and he was pulling, he, he, two, he had two really good laps. It was probably something to do with back markers that he pulled a second in, but it was, it was two tenths, three tenths, and he was definitely got the scent. Now, there was about 15 laps to go, and it was four seconds. I thought, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be very interesting. Then you, you see that rain is due in seven minutes or something, which is going to be about eight, seven, eight laps from, from, from the end. And it was quite remarkable. Once they were both made their, their pit stops, the McLaren did have an advantage, or Alonso was, was braver, I don't know. Um, I thought he was being a little bit reckless with his overtaking attempts because he got time. He got about five laps uh, to do it, and he was obviously so much quicker, about two seconds a lap quicker. I thought he could have bided his time a little bit, but thank God he didn't. 
we were treated to some magnificent motor racing, as you say, banging wheels. And yeah, I mean, it was great stuff. And it was just one of those great, great motor races, which variable weather in, introduces. And, you know, we've got to be looking at putting sprinklers on tracks, Morris, and uh, <laughs> randomly wetting the track a couple of times during the race. If that's the kind of entertainment it brings, bring it on. Well, I agree with you totally, because we've always had this, I remember the British Grand Prix at Silverstone one year when it was damp conditions like this, and cars were passing each other all over the place. Uh, Alonso's drive reminded me a lot when we did the commentary in at Suzuka that year, when he's up for it, when he just does not back off, and he is going to go for it. And I think Massa just was not the equal of me. He's not as strong as Alonso when it comes to a bare fist fight, is he? Yeah, I think you're right. What, what we saw today was the Alonso that we saw winning his first world championship, really. I mean, gung-ho, going for it. I'm, I'm hot for this. As you said earlier, he could have settled for eight points, really. That would have been a good day's work, would have put him pretty close to, to Lewis in the, in the standings. But no, he wanted to win. He got the bit between his teeth. And once he, once he smelt that wing, he, all reason seemed to go out the cockpit. To be honest, I'm going to get by this guy just when I can, and it, it was it was great stuff. And that's that's the Alonso the McLaren thought they'd bought, and it's probably the first time we've really seen seen it in with him in a McLaren this year. Just that kind of form. Actually, it, I think you're right because you know uh, he said when he came here that uh, just past the halfway point in the season, and he said for the first time I'm beginning to feel comfortable within McLaren because Lewis has been Lewis Hamilton's been there a lot longer, albeit not racing, but being with the team, knows his way around, has tested the car, and uh, Alonso was struggling a little bit to make the car work, particularly on the tyres. But he said I've really got a handle on it now, and now I've got to fight for the championship. And he looked so happy on that podium because he knew first of all tempo points. Secondly, Lewis Hamilton, zero points. The gap between the two, two points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's game on. <laughs> McLaren are going to have to have their wits about them now. I mean, they've got two drivers really going for it. And I'm sure they will let them race. But the, you're saying about Alonso being comfortable there. That's my feeling about Raikkonen at Ferrari. It's taken him half, half the season to get there. But it looks like the car fits him like a glove now. And, and the same with, with Alonso. And I think it's going to make for a fantastic second half of the year. Running down the finishing order here at the European Grand Prix at the Nürburgring, then we've got Mark Webber on the podium uh, for the first time in a couple of years, giving Red Bull the first of a clutch of points from here because David Coulthard came home in fifth place uh, for Red Bull Racing with Alex Wurtz and the Williams splitting the pair of them. Now, Ian, this really wasn't a fortuitous uh, podium for Webber because he was there or thereabouts. He kicked it off. He kicked his weekend off or his race off on the, on the right note by taking another excellent uh, qualifying lap to put him onto sixth in the grid. Then made the most of it didn't put a foot wrong so I think you know it's, things have turned around a little bit we've been talking many times about the disappointing performances of the Red Bull but here today they finally delivered third for Weber fifth for Coulthard yeah it was was good Mark uh, as you say did a good job in, in qualifying again I mean well well ahead of uh, of his teammate David Coulthard um, and I think he, as far as I can tell he got a clean start the BMWs were floating about all, all over the place and he he got the better of them very very early on and you know being the true pro that he is without anything without being flash at all he 
defended his position and you know he was he was there all the time when Raikkonen retired there he was uh, in third place stuck with it with the changing conditions and, and so on I thought uh, you know actually he did a very good job although <laughs> at the final chicane on the last lap with Verts breathing down his neck he did actually make a mistake and I thought yeah, Mark you're going to lose this <laughs> but I think one thing for sure after two difficult years at Williams he wasn't about to let his replacement go past him at this point <laughs> Yeah that was the one certainty Weber was actually saying after the race that uh, he was having quite bad tyre vibrations from the intermediate of the, the shallow groove but as indeed Alonso said he had the same problem with his but he held on as you say tough old Aussie got there to get on the podium to just uh, set things straight because he's had a tricky a tricky year one way and another and David Coulthard having re-signed for next year at least has uh, shown the Red Bull team that yep I am worth re-signing because on a day like this it's down to experience it's down to keeping the car on the road and that's exactly what Coulthard did now you mentioned the BMWs there Ian I, I walked past the uh, BMW garage on my way here and to say it was a glum place would be <laughs> understating it because uh, they just are not happy this is their home track They're, there they were they were uh, fourth and fifth on the grid they were obviously expecting greater things they were hoping perhaps for a podium but in the end they got uh, sixth and seventh the car just didn't seem to be working it just didn't go their way and they almost collided as well in the first lap the pair of them yes you're, you're right coming out of uh, the first corner uh, well they were both actually off the track one of them pointing in 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 the wrong direction um no it wasn't right i mean you kind of expect them to perform here i mean for heaven's sake they were on pole position here you know with a williams bmw nick heidfeld was on pole position in a, in a williams bmw only two seasons ago before they actually started started their own team and that's just yeah, we, we were very impressed with them in the first half of the season. Something's happened. They haven't kept up with development or, or whatever, but they're, they're, they're certainly, they've lost ground massively to Ferrari and McLaren, and they're falling into the clutches now of the Red Bull, when it holds together, I, I believe, is, is a quick car. Um, Williams, they've never seen to have both drivers there. Today it was Wurtz that, that did a good job after Rosberg went off uh, early on. And the BMWs were, re- BMWs were humbled, really. Sixth and seventh place. Great for them to get the two cars to the finish, but I think they'd be desperately, desperately disappointed on home turf with that result. They'll also think Ian be disappointed because uh, clearly this weekend the Renault team who are trying to get after their third place, BMW's third place in the championship, were struggling all weekend and they thought, well, we can get on the podium here, BMW, and get some more points. So that, I think, added to the disappointment. But, you know, Renault, just not there at all. But having said that, there was a point in the race when Kovalainen, I thought, drove magnificently. He was the man who made the most ground during the middle phase of the race. He went from eighth to fifth looking really good and then when we had that shower in at the end something very strange happened they called him in too early almost right yeah that's right he, and as you say he had driven magnificently i thought he was almost the driver of the race uh up until the time when the the, the notification came rain in seven minutes and after two of those minutes they called him in and put him put him on intermediate well perhaps they've got their own weather forecast that says it's it's a bit closer than that in which case it's probably a good call but actually it took four laps for the for the rain to come and he'd lost so much so much time uh that they they threw away what was probably fourth place i mean he he really was was going going well it was okay you take gambles but i think when you've got fourth place points uh, in the bag or certainly guaranteed fifth 
I'd have hung on to them because everybody else would have been making the stop. You back your team to make a good stop. Um, and do, I, I don't think they were going to win the race. That's what they were trying to do, I think, was, was to win the race. But it, it, they just brought him in too soon. And at, at the end of the day, all right, he picked up eighth, eighth place. But that's not a lot of consolation for a bloody good drive. His teammate, Fizzy Keller, on the other hand, had another one of his dismal weekends. Just didn't seem to be with it at all. Yes, uh, the, the, they, they both Renaults came under pressure from Lewis Hamilton in the closing stages, as Ian was saying earlier, and Kuvalainen managed to hang on to eighth place in that one point, thoroughly deserved after all his hard work. Lewis Hamilton was ninth, Fisichella uh, being passed by the McLaren in, in the last couple of laps. Uh, Rubens Barrichello brought his Honda home in 11th um, because, of course, his teammate Jensen Button had been one to slide off on the first lap, one of the many to slide off on the first lap. Anthony Davidson did well to hang in there and come home 12th, the Super Aguri ahead of Jarno Trulli in the one surviving Toyota never really at the match and teammate Ralph Schumacher had a bit of a, uh, a dispute with uh, Nick Heidfeld how did you read that one Ian? Well when I first saw it I thought oh dear Ralph here we go again <laughs> but to be fair looking at the replay I think uh, Heidfeld helped him on his way I mean, listen the Toyota looked like a bloody shopping trolley most of uh, most of the weekend and uh, you know, I think Ralph was just in the way and it was having screwed up the start uh, was a bit impatient to make up some some ground and he felt well I'll just nudge him out of the way because he's obviously not going to not going to wave me through so uh, he just gave him a hefty nudge and I've no doubt that they're waving handbags at each other <laughs> as, as, as we speak OK, so that made it 13 finishers of the 22 starters in round 10, the European Grand Prix here at the Nürburgring, uh, with Fernando Alonso winning his third race of the season to close the championship gap to uh, Lewis Hamilton, who scored no points, finished ninth, uh, just two, to get the gap between the two, just two points, with... Uh, with seven races remaining. Uh, the, the championship table now shows Lewis Hamilton have 70 points, Fernando Alonso has 68, Felipe Massa, who finished second, has 59. He's moved ahead of Kimi Raikkonen, who didn't finish today, hydraulics problem than Ferrari. He is fourth on 52. In the Constructors' Championship, McLaren have edged ahead. Uh, they scored 10 points today to the eight for, for Ferrari. That leaves McLaren at the top with 138 points. Ferrari... Uh, second on 111 and of course Cyber pretty miserable day by their standards they're way back in third place on 61 points Renault who scored that single point from Kovalainen are down on 32 so there you are that's the story from the Nürburgring as ever the weather played a significant part in giving us one of the most dramatic races of the season in two weeks time we'll be at the Hungarian Grand Prix at the Hungaro Ring this is Morris Hamilton for the Formula 1 show on Guardian Unlimited signing off here from Germany uh, join us in two weeks' time. Ian and I will be back to give you the latest in this wonderful battle for the Formula One World Championship. See you then, and in the meantime, keep the revs up and safe motoring. Bye from the Nürburgring. Guardian Unlimited.